It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for tuning in to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. $5 down on these NBA play-in games. Last time you get in on this one, and if you win, you get $100 in free plays. Bet on the Hawks tonight. There's my lucky uh, call. Now, joined by one of the Dons, one of the Mount Rushmores of the Tucson, Arizona athletic scene, Mr. William Brad Alice. Hello, William. I didn't know they made Rushmore for a second run, but that's fine. I, I oh, but you know what? Or either way, a Saguaro Cougar, shout out to Sean Seeley right there on the Mount Rushmore, bear down, back the A, whichever one you prefer. All right, Brad, a lot to get to. First and foremost, Ben Matherin declares yesterday. My opinion of Ben Matherin is this. I believe that he is going to be looked at very, uh, uh, very he's going to be looked at in very uh, kind views Uh, a long time from now for a couple different reasons. First, he was the front and center player of kind of the resurgence of Arizona basketball. And I can make the case, and this is something that's unique. I can make the case that he has been the best perimeter player here for the last 12, 13 years, which is something that's pretty impressive when you think about Arizona basketball. Yeah. You've mentioned that before. And I'm like, no. And then you're like, wait, uh, Stanley, no Solomon. No. Um, Trier, no, uh, and you right, Nick you Johnson, look, no, yeah, you and you look at, I think maybe Nick's the guy you could have the biggest argument since he was Pac 12 player of the year, but you're, you're drafting the team to go play in the tournament. Who you taking, Nick Johnson or, or Ben Matherin? You're taking Ben Matherin, so I think it's interesting because really the irony, I think, is the legacy of Sean Miller is going to be mostly big men. Right. Um, if you look at the guys who are having success in the pros, you, you know, you're looking at you know DeAndre Ayton, you look at Aaron Gordon, you look at guys who had success on the college level. It's Derek Williams, who was a power forward, although he could do perimeter things. 
so yeah, Matherin is is right there. Um, you, I don't know. Do we have to go back to Jared Bayless? Uh, that's where uh, I go Jess back to Buttinger. Honestly, Matherin's probably better than Buttinger. Brad, I go back to Jared Bayless to be honest with you because Jared Bayless was a little bit obviously over. I think Jared Bayless gets lost in the whole thing because he played during the KO team. You know, no offense to my guy, but he really wasn't on the. Uh, he really wasn't on that. Uh, you know, he's he's better than I think people remember him at. He was, until Aiden came along, he was the best freshman in school history. Or at least, you know, Lute Olsen era on. I mean, 25 and 5. But this guy, Ben Matherin, I think is clearly the best player since then. And if you wanted to say that he's better than Bayless, you probably have to go back to Salim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we can get Nick Pitty and, and you know, was it uh, Hassan? But Hassan's best season was as the power, undersized power right. forward. But yeah, you have to go back, you know, technically Aaron Gordon was a small forward, but I'd take Matherin over Aaron Gordon, frankly. Right. Um, so yeah, I think you get to that point and I think you can make the argument at the least. And the more and more you think about it, the harder pressed you are to find uh, a, a better player and one who's probably going to have a better pro career. I mean, I, you know, there's a chance Matherin doesn't succeed, but look at the wings under Miller. Most of them have not made much of an impact. Uh, most of the two guards have certainly not made an impact at the NBA level. So yeah, I think you've got that argument. Besides being a real, besides being a really cool boss and it's a privilege to work for Saul Bookman, he disagrees with Jared Bayless, but Brad, I got something to tell you. Who do you think holds the AIA record for made for consecutive made free throws in a high school basketball season. You can look it up. Who do you think holds that record? Uh, I'm going to say Saul Bookman. Saul Bookman does hold that record. The coolest thing ever that he doesn't ever talk about. That's why I have to talk about it for him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know his son's a heck of a pitcher. I mean, he need to pick his brain. Uh, my, my son's struggling a little bit on the mound. So I may have to pick his brain at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So sorry, Saul, I had to get that one in there, but yes, pick up, uh, pick the brain if you can. All right. Now let's move on to where we think Ma- I like Matherin in the NBA. I think that he is a, I think the game's built for him to be honest with you. Um, a lot of people had questions. Was he going to be that, you know, the three, can he, can he be a three? Is he going to be a three and D type? He diversified his game a little bit. By the way, uh, real quick, KB Thiel says, uh, Saul, uh, feel free to please put that in there. How many did you make in a row? We're putting you on the spot right here. Um, but uh, I th- he really uh, developed a way to be able to play one-on-one in his sophomore year there, Brad, that maybe he didn't possess. And the NBA is so much about spacing one-on-one. To me, that's where he's really improved himself, and I could see him being a pretty proficient scorer at the next level. He certainly has the tools to do it. You know, I like, think a lot of the question is, how does he continue to develop his game? Does he have the work ethic? I mean, that was the big thing about Derek Williams. He didn't have the work ethic. Right. Uh, whereas a guy like Solomon Hill, good guy in the locker room, continues to work hard, and he's still getting these ridiculous contracts for playing like four minutes a game. For sure. Um, so that's what's going to come down to Matherin. You know, how does he adjust to the physicality of playing with grown men? Does he continue to refine his game? Is he a guy who's going to be shooting, you know, 500 jump shots in the gym every night after practice? And if he can be that guy, then yeah, I think he can stick and he can be uh, uh, surely at least a contributor. If not, does he uh, have Michael Dick- Does he have Michael Dickerson upside? Yeah. Um, 
you know, Dickerson was a better college defender, obviously. Can he be a 17, 18 point a game guy? I think he could. I think whether that happens or not, that's to me, it's such a crapshoot, especially with the, with the wing players in the NBA, you just never know. You know, if you look at the stars right now, did we know if Devin Booker was going to be head and shoulders, all these other Kentucky guys? Right. Uh, No, you know, uh, who's, uh, you know, you you look at some of these other guys who, you know, that played at smaller colleges or mid-level colleges, you just kind of never know. Um, There's guys I've fallen in love with in the process. You're like, oh, that guy's a superstar. You know, some of the Kansas forwards or the Kentucky forwards. And they're like, okay. Uh, So I just don't know. It's such a crapshoot. But again, when you look at his build, you look at his athleticism, you look at what appears to be a good work ethic. He certainly has the makings of being, you know, a, a contributor starter uh, and maybe possibly uh, a star, whether that's a superstar or a lower tier. Again, we never know because, you know, again, look at the guys who were – did any of us think Kawhi Leonard was going to be an MVP? We got, right. Hey, that's a really nice piece for for the for the Spurs uh, as a defensive guy. We had – you know, you have no idea. Paul George, any of us talking Paul George on draft night? Right, I, I, Donovan. I actually did like Donovan Mitchell, but that's just because I read that by like a, a sporting news guy. But you just never know, and um, yeah. But I think Matherin is a guy. If you're looking at the guys to come out recently from Arizona, he's certainly a guy. I, I think I would. I bet on him more than Josh Green, you know, or or you know, Nico. You know, so I thought Mulebach Mulebach made a really good point. I thought as Matt Mulebach does, being that he's smarter than both of us combined, he made a. Uh, he said, you know, I always liked Ben. I thought that he was a top 10 type player, you know, in, you know, in the NBA draft, he said that three pointer and the confidence against TCU in which he just cleared everybody out. And you could tell he wanted that moment. He said, that was something I didn't know that he had. I didn't know that he didn't have it. He said that really goosed him up there. Another little level for me right there. And I agree with him. on that. Sorry. The, uh, the Amazon prime guy gets stopped outside. The dogs are barking and they run over my son. No, you're good. Yeah, but yeah, that is a big shot. Sometimes it's, it can be one or two plays that really define not only a college career but project you uh, and catapult you in. And then sometimes making making a shot here or there or missing a shot here or there um, can 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 really change who you are as a player. So I yeah, I could definitely see uh, that being you know the play that we look back on and goes up. Oh, that was the the play that transformed Ben Matherin from a really good guy to a great guy. Does Christian Coloco feel like a first-round pick to you? Like, just right now, just in a vacuum, does he feel like a first-round pick to you? He'd have to have a team that falls in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, because he doesn't have the offensive game for the modern NBA. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because you were this is back when you were covering the team very, very closely. What does he do at this stage better than Lauren Woods? Uh, he's more athletic. Okay. Can move a little better, better lateral movement, better lateral movement. Um, I think he's might have a better jump shot. Neither guy took many. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he, he, you know, who's the guy he he used to play for Oklahoma city in Toronto. That's who he reminds me of. Um, the big man on those, uh, um, Sergi, uh, Sergi Baca. Baca. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously has to put on more muscle, um, and can he, can he fill that kind of role? It'd have to be with the right team. Now, if he comes back to Arizona, shows he can hit a 15-foot jump shot occasionally, go out for three, then I think he has a chance to 
you know, move up and be a, be a modern big man. And I wouldn't put it past him. We just look how much he's improved since last year. Right. Uh, to this year. Um, so I think, I think he's a guy who might te- formally test the waters. He's obviously talking to people now. And if he can get that first round guarantee, which I think would be late, I think it'd be obviously in the twenties, then he might go. But I think more than likely, you know, knowing the family's importance on education, knowing the family is not uh, desperate for money from what I, you know, I think dad's an engineer. Right. Um, and I know it's very different being an engineer uh, on another continent than it is here, but I think I could very much see him coming back, you know, cause I think he's on progress to get the degree, even work on that jump shot, continue to get bigger and stronger, uh, make up for that lost COVID year in the weight room. And then, be a top 15 pick and be a guy who, um, at, you know, fits that role. Now, could I see a team taking a flyer on him? Yeah. Um, I could, I could see a team late in the first round being like, yeah, yeah, we'll stash this guy away and he can try to develop that jump shot while being paid here. Um, but it would have to be the right situation, the right team, right. A team that is looking, you know, and, and you know, it, it'd have to be the right situation. This also goes – Sean Seeley made a great point again, and Saguaro Cougars make great points right here. Um, and he said that does Ben rank – I it didn't feel like it, and I don't believe he does because this is just me coming in off the top of my head if, if he's a top 10 player. And, again, these are all random. These are just people that I was jotting down. But you got Damon, you got Sean, you got Mike Bibby, you got Chris Mills, you got Miles Simon, you got Khalid Reeves, you got Salim Stoudemire, Gilbert Arenas, Michael Dickerson, and DeAndre Ayton right there. And that was just off the top of my head. Do you disagree with any of those? Uh, one of those guys I wouldn't have in the top 10, and I'm trying to think of who it was. But, um, yeah. Those are just guys that just came off the yeah, top of my yeah, head. Yeah, no, no. Players. Yeah, and I think I think he definitely ranks behind at least nine of those guys. Right. Uh, if not more. So, um, yeah. Pretty, I think he has top 10 pro potential. How about that? Daddy does, yeah, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, with Arizona's legacy, it's not that hard to do, right? Because um, Arizona just hasn't had many, if any, superstars come from the program. A lot of good players, a lot of guys who stuck around and made a lot of money, but um, yeah, he could he could easily he could easily be the best with just mm-hmm. not a whole lot, um, you know. Again, because the guys who have been fringe superstars have not done it. You know, Gilbert had what three or four years. Right. Um, of elite play. You know, Bibby had one or two. Oh, um, I didn't put, I didn't mention Jason Terry. He's obviously on that list. And Terry too. had the best prolonged pro career. For you sure. know, Ay- Ayton's the third guy, if not the fourth guy on the, on so he's a very good player. Um, you know, Lowry has never quite reached. So, yeah, I think there's definitely could be a top, I think he'd be a top five pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but because again, look at the, it. the bar is kind of low for that. If there's one knock on Arizona players, it's none of them have been like absolute superstars. You've had or, a lot of almost, than- you've had a lot of almost all stars, the Jeffersons, the, and some of these guys made a team or two, but the Jeffersons, the Igadalas, the Terry's, the Bibbies, all these guys were kind of fringe top 25 players. Really the only one that kind of reached that top 10 status was obviously Gilbert for those couple years that you just mentioned right there. Yeah, I mean, you look at Sean, he was, what, the second or third guy on that team. He was a very yeah. good player. You could right. argue he was a top 15 small forward, but he wasn't a top 15 player. So, Right, for sure. If if Matherin can become a top 25 type player in the NBA, then certainly, uh, and do it for more than three or four years, he might end up being the best of the bunch. Do I know if he's going to do that? I don't. 
Um, but again, I think he'll have a good pro career. Have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX, William? I need to hear it again. All right. So you might be saying, I'd like to get into the gambling game right here. The Phoenix Suns are playing, or well, they are going to be playing NBA title favorite Phoenix Suns. By the way, go to GoPHNX, get in all the best Suns coverage right now between Espo and Gerald and everybody over there. Lots of good stuff. Um, but NBA play-in games right now, playoff play-in games right now. If you put down five bucks, you get $100 in free plays if that team wins. Arizona only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. 21 and up. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Thanks for letting me remind you about that, William. Real quick, Phoenix Suns. As one of the few people, there's a lot of new Suns fans here in Tucson now, but I've known you about 10 years. You, me, Schuster, about 10 and you and Schuster and a couple other people are really the only real Phoenix Suns fans that I know. We'll welcome other people in here. But when people ask me about the Phoenix Suns, I'm always – I'll believe it when I see it because we've had so many different – I mean, everybody brings up Steve Nash. But, I mean, even go back to 93 where then, you know, Richard Dumas is maybe the only player that could possibly check MJ or at least slow him down. He, you know, he's dealing with stuff. Um, and the then Sabalos injury that year as well. Sabalos injury kills you. I mean, obviously then last year, uh, you're not exactly right with Chris Paul going into the, uh, the finals, you get up to nothing. I will, I'll just believe it when I see it, even though I'm, I'm cautious, I'm tepid in my, uh, uh, my endorsement there. What do you think? Yeah. And you know, and you look at, cause I think when you look at the East, it just doesn't look that good. Right. And I I don't know last year at this time to start the playoffs, we really thought Milwaukee was the team either. Right. Uh, Milwaukee became the team and, and, you know, Giannis had his ascension. Um, but I mean, who's, who's the, the East is weird. I know you like the heat, but you know, um, it could be the winner of the West is the, is the team this year. And whether, right. you know, obviously Memphis looks good and some other teams look good, but even with all those, I mean, are you, are you really saying, ah, I think Memphis is the team. Oh, the Utah Jazz, Nick right. Brady. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because for once in a weird way, the path is kind of open for the Suns. You don't have, you know. You don't I mean, have LeBron in your way or, you know. Exactly. Like, you don't have right. LeBron in your way. And if who knows what happens if Davis stayed it was again. You can't count on Davis staying healthy. But, um, I mean, are you really afraid of this Clippers team or um, – Minnesota, not Minnesota, but uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, the Pelicans. Right. I mean, they're not dropping a 30-pound lighter Zion on you by surprise. Um, so, yeah, so things look good for the Suns, but it's still Suns basketball. So something crazy can happen. A meteor might fall on uh, Booker. Uh, Chris Paul may, you know, contract malaria. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton may get drafted in the Bahamian Army. We, right. As a Suns fan... I will, yes, I will, I will, I will, I will believe it when I see it. Um, but that also comes from my years of being an Arizona fan, of being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of. Uh, yep. uh, my my DraftKings like pick that. of the my DraftKings pick of the week again is the Hawks to win tonight. So go ahead and take that one. Okay, Brad. Now let's talk about Dalen Terry. Um, a lot of people, I think, had a lot of questions about Dalen Terry and what exactly, you know, what was his role going to be at, at the University of Arizona. And I think the one thing that he's shown is that he can defend, he can pass, he's a good secondary ball handler. Um, 
I believe he's got the world to gain by coming back because if he comes back and he can be a 16 or a 16 point per game score, I think it's impossible not to see him in the first round next year because of all the other things that he can do. I'm not even sure he has to score that much, to be honest. Right. 12, right. shoot at a, a higher percentage. Right. Because I think he has two pass to the NBA. Right. And you mentioned it as the secondary ball. I'm not sure. Some good team doesn't think we can turn this guy into a point guard. Right. You you have him as the understudy. And let's just use the Suns, for example. You will put right. him as an understudy to um, to Chris Paul. And then when Paul retires in a couple of years, you put him next to Booker as two right. ball handlers. Um, but I think he can also be a three and D guy mm-hmm. uh, improves the three. Obviously the three has got to get better. So I think he has two different paths. I do think if he came out this year, someone late might be really intrigued enough to take him. Right. Um, but I think it's also hard mm-hmm. to justify taking a guy who averaged five and a half points or six. Exactly. Points a game, exactly. Right? It felt like he averaged more, but no, he's what five and a half, six points a game. So yeah, you can't take that guy. I don't think, but man, I could see someone taking them, especially one of these good teams. It's like, you don't need to play for two years. Um, but the teams are doing that less and less. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost seems like they're going to take you. And if you, if you, you sink or swim, and if you, if you sink, suddenly you're just trade bait because you got still got a low salary. You know, who was, you know, the guy from Virginia for the Suns guy. I mean, he, he right. got one, a five game audition. And it was like, see ya. Yeah, it's like, man, uh, boom out of here. So here. I think Terry would be wise to come back show that he can be a, a high 30s a three-point shooter, show that he can score 11 or 12 a game, continue to play defense on three or four different positions. And then, yes, I think he has a spot in the next level. And frankly, of the guys on this team, he is the guy I would be most confident if there was a futures through through through, yep. through the John the Schuster agrees with you. I think he's the mo- the closest to the guarantee that he could play the eight to ten years. Matherin can certainly, but you could also see Matherin being out in four years if the jump shot fails him at that level. Terry's going to be one of those guys who just people keep bringing in to be a role player, and he may never start you know more than five games a season, but could play ten ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, a career not unlike. Solomon Hill or McConnell, but a different type of player, obviously, but that kind of career. All of these guys, I think, really benefited, particularly Matherin and uh, Dalen Terry with the ch- turnover in uh, the turnover in coaching right there. I, you know, I, the last thing that you want to see with a guy like Dalen Terry is being basically pushed into a Dylan Smith type role where you're told to be a defender and just stand in the corner. I think Lloyd looked at him and it's more of a what can what can you do as opposed to what you can't do? And you saw him flourish this year. I mean, this is a, this is a guy that uh, you watch him out there, and, and Brad, I think you hit the ball out of the park. I think he's the one with the most long term potential, and I think you got to you know keep your uh, tip of the cap to Tommy Lloyd for unleashing that. You know, and in, in a small way, a guy he does remind me. There's two guys, and one did not maximize the potential at all. But there are two guys who kind of could do a lot of different things coming into Arizona. And one was Andre Iguodala and Terry's numbers as a sophomore are eerily similar to Iguodala's as a freshman, mm-hmm. uh, minus some of the you know attitude issues. Uh, and the other was on Ironically, Jamel, Jamel in high school could do a lot of things. Right. And when he got to Arizona, he forgot how to do most of them, but he could dribble in the open court. He could finish at the rim. He could hit the three and end up becoming a, uh, uh, an undersized stretch four, which really, yeah, he's the guy, one of the guys I was most wrong on. Um, but I could see Terry being, and again, Terry, not sure he's he's quite Iguodala, but 
a similar career in the NBA. You know, people talk about Iguodala, and yes, he was finals MVP. But for the most part, he's been a really good journeyman player. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean that in, you know, the guy's what? Pushing 38, 30, and he's still, still. I mean, he's a loot guy in the NBA, and he could play a few more years if he wants to because he accepts that <laughs> role. And I, again, I think Terry. So I, I'd be anxious to see can Terry get to Iguodala esque numbers as a sophomore and now as a junior because Iguodala was only about a 12 and 12, seven guy. 12 people seven forget five. he wasn't a great college player. And that's how you can also spot a U of A fraud a mile away. If they tell you that their favorite player at the University of Arizona, not in the pros, but at the University of Arizona was Andre Iguodala, you tell them, you did not watch Andre Iguodala. You did not watch that 0304 team. No, he, he was. And again, there's some stuff that happened behind the scenes. Um, you know, he kind of checked out. There was some interpersonal. I mean, his relationship with Hassan Adams became strained. Um, you know, he all but chased Dennis Lattimore out of the program. Um, right. so there, yeah, Iguodala. And to, to be frank, he he and Lute Olson butted heads. And he, as he even, even told the story, it wasn't until he got to Sixers camp, right? And they were showing drills, and he was one of three guys who knew all the drills, and the two others were 12 year NBA vets, right? He's like, Oh, I get it. At that point, you start to get it. All right, this William, this is what Lute was doing. Let's talk some football, some U of A football. All right. You can't really tell a lot from the spring game. I, I get all that. I'm much more of a what does it look like type thing out there. And I know that you had baseball that day. Were you able to check some? No, of I saw it? the game. I saw the game. I didn't see it in person, but I saw it on, you know, I checked wow. out the Pac 12 network. And then when they switched to Stanford, I went to the Pac 12 app and found the game. So I watched just about all of it. The first thing that stuck out to me was that, uh, oh, Mark. Marcus Williams. I forget. I always forget about Marcus Williams. Oh, what uh, what high school did Marcus Williams go to in Seattle? Uh, do you remember? No. Oh, uh, if you say it, I'll know it. Yeah, me too. Um, Federal way? No, it wasn't Federal. No, way. Was not like D. Um, it wasn't Rainier Beach. It wasn't Garfield. Uh, there's one of the other name was, ones. Was it Franklin? Might have been. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure either. People way. forget. Honestly, Marcus Williams was one of those guys. And again, the stats didn't tell the whole story, but he put up amazing stats in two years as a, well, especially as a freshman, he was yeah. 15, six and five. And I'm like, wow. And he was smooth doing it too. He like, was one of the most courteous, nice kids I covered in recruiting and came here and, you know, was, was kind of a, a butthead at times. You know, who the other one was Chris Rogers, right? Oh, the super polite guys in the recruiting. Like we will come by and shake your hand and remembered who you were and, Mr. This and thank you, sir. And, and again, Marcus Williams the same way. And then Chris Rogers, though, graduates with two degrees within three and a half years. So we're, we're going to, I'm going to tip my cap to them. But yes, I saw Chris Rogers at the U of A Rec Center many times. Most of those stories that people do tell you about the U of A Rec Center and Chris Rogers are true. You want a comparison? You know who I saw all the time at the Rec Center? Chris Mills. Guess, oh. what, Chris, guess what Chris Mills did? Huh? Shot jumpers, would not play with anyone. We asked right. him why. He's like, why should I? He's like, I got to work on my jump shot. I'm not getting any better playing you guys. That's a great point. You know what? Backing up William is not going to get Chris Mills better for that first round deal. No, right. being me up is not going to help him with anything other than maybe a, 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 nothing. What I liked about the football team, and again, I know that De Delora throws the early pick. McLeod throws the pick six. I get that. The quarterback situation still feels much better than it did at the end of last year. And honestly, the receivers 
and again, it's difficult to be able to ascertain everything, but the receivers just look different. I mean, we haven't even spent a lot of time talking about Kean Burnett. Kean Burnett, first of all, looks like a monster out there. He boxes out the uh, safety for the first catch. I think it's a touchdown. There's a lot more to work with on the offensive side of the ball there, William. Yeah, they, they pa- the receivers pass the eyeball test. They're big, they're athletic. I mean, again, I'm not necessarily looking at results other than, you know, Burnett made a couple tough catches too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, was it Majan Wright also made a difficult catch, something team, you know, guys did not necessarily do last year. Um, I'm not, again, because you, again, you don't know how much, I, you, no offense, I did my roster from, so I couldn't tell where they going up against the first defense, the third defense, um, with Sam Thomas sneaking into the corner of the end zone from the sideline. Right. But here's what I looked at. Jordan Delara is a better looking quarterback than Gunnar Cruz was last year. Uh, Noah Fafita. But we got to talk about Noah. Throws right a here. heck of a football. Now, again, the height's a concern, uh, some other things, but man, that guy throws a good ball. And Delora throws a better ball than Cruz. And Cruz, again, Cruz looked okay last year. How would you know what kind of ball Cruz threw, though? Because it was always 40 yards out of bounds or two yards in front of him. Yeah, you know, it looked good coming off the hand. But again, he floated things. He he did not have – and Delora doesn't have that ball jumping off the hand. You know, if anything, McLeod's got a stronger arm. And I think uh, Fafita obviously has a stronger arm, maybe not distance-wise, but from explosiveness. But you don't always need to throw a 100-mile-per-hour fastball to complete a pass in, in, in college football. Uh, so, yeah, those three look better than the the, the four we saw last year. Which You know what's unique? Combination of Cruz, Ashworth, Doyle, and Plummer. <laughs> Doyle? Be careful on Doyle. Doyle's got a cult following around these parts um, yeah. amongst one. But um, with uh, – He's when playing it, in Germany. Right. No, no, I think it's in Spain. Oh, is it Spain? Oh, that's yeah, I think he's playing in Spain, if I'm okay. not mistaken. So, again, seems like a good kid. So, that's cool. Um, defensively, then, with it, it's people ask me all the time, you know, like, what about the defense? And here's what I'll tell here's what I say Hunter Eccles is the USC uh, transfer that has probably been the best pass rusher in camp. Uh, with, with Jalen, and so who knows with that. A lot of people ask about Jalen Harris. Is this the year? And I always say, well, it better be the year because it's the last year. What? Because I, I look at the kid. He comes from great. First of all, he's a great kid. Comes from great parents, great lineage. Um, you look at him. He looks the part. What's What's been the holdback to getting into that seven eight sack realm, Brad? Um. Well, scheme. Right. Coaching changes. I mean, how many different defense coordinators has he had? Great Three? point. Four, at least three, maybe four. Um, position changes, right? He's been an outside linebacker. He's been a, a defensive end. He's been uh, the quote unquote edge rusher. Uh, so I think there's a lot of that. You know, I think he came in and and you know again, he just yeah hasn't been able to put together. But there's been a lot of circumstances, and, and frankly, um, you know, I think a lot of it is when you're continuously having to learn a new deal, which he's doing again this year. Um, but, but we will see, he's also, you know, matured physically. I think, you know, you look at freshman year, he was kind of caught behind some people. Uh, I think that was the year Kylan Wilborn was really good, or maybe it was, I cannot. You're worried at 10 sacks and then never played again. Yeah. yeah, And I think, I think just left UNLV or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's hard to put anything on, on, on either Harris, to be honest. Um, but yeah, this is his year to show out. And frankly, I think I think I think his brother probably has to have a pretty good year too to avoid slipping down. Because again, this staff 
you know, I know people, I keep seeing people freaking out about guys transferring out. I'm like, who cares? They're the a lot of these, guys. Yeah, they're you know? some guys. These are, a lot of them are okay. And not even some of them. A couple of them I didn't realize were scholarship players. I had forgotten. Right. Uh, who was the guy, the linebacker who just left? I'm like, who is he? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so, you know, but. A lot of Jabbar triplets in there. Did triplet leave? Didn't he leave? I thought he was here. I thought because he's coming. Oh, is he back? I, I saw him in the news. Maybe he's no, maybe no, no. I actually like Triplet. I think it was Jackson Bailey or Bailey okay. Jackson or Bailey. I don't know. Right, uh, right. I think Triplet's here. I think Triplet's still here. Brad, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, yes. though. Sean Seeley, great point. I'm really thinking four wins this year, maybe five. If I were to give William that stat line, that line right there, four wins over under. Where's Brad going? You give me four or you give me four and a half? I'm giving you four, but uh, you can't choose four. You got to go over or under one way or the other. I think I'd lean towards the under. I think it's four. I think four. I could see five. I'll go over. I'll say over. Um, but so much of it depends how, 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 come, what kind of start they get out to. Right. Um, you've got to pick off. I think you got to pick off still two of the three right. non-conference. And that's tough because San Diego State is San Diego. They're not going to be quite as good as last year, but that's still a quality football program. North Dakota State, you don't know what you're going to get. They're very good for what they are. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they're basically a MAC team at the best. Um, But they could come to Tucson and upset you, and they could upset you by 14 points, or they could get their doors blown off. You might be thinking thinking to yourself, where could I find these odds, Mike or Brad? You can find them on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, NBA play-in games going on. Here's where you put in five bucks, you get $100 in free plays if that team wins. But like Brad was just talking about, though, if you're looking for those OUs, DraftKings Sportsbook app is the only place to go for those. Continue there, Brad. You gave me a great segue. uh, You know, I'm not counting on beating Mississippi State at home. But then again, is Mississippi State any good? Right. I mean, they got Leach. Um, do when was the last time they traveled this far west? Is it going right. to be a night game? Right. I mean, is it going to be basically eleven o'clock kickoff back there, or nine o'clock, whatever? Or what? so I don't know. Um, and then you look at it. I think they've got a couple of the weaker Pac-12 teams early, so it could be something. And they had the opportunity last year for this and failed to build up wins and build up confidence and, and learn. And frankly, it sounds cliche, but it is true. Learn how to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. If, if they, in many ways, knew how to win, and I'm going to put that on the staff as well, you probably find a way to beat BYU. You find a way to beat NAU. I can't believe I'm staying this still. You find a way to beat, <laughs> you find a way to beat Utah. Uh, that was a winnable game. NAU. You know, they, they didn't necessarily find a way to beat Cal. They just lucked into the way to beat. But, um, you know, those were winnable games. Uh, right. You know, you, you hung with some teams. You know, Heck, you you know, I think the final score was what seventeen. But they hung with ASU for for three quarters. They mm-hmm. hung with US UCLA till McLeod went down. They were in that Oregon game. Um, they were also completely embarrassed by 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 San Diego State. So you know, and, and pushed around by NAU. Um, so yeah, I think a, a lot of it's going to be can you get one of those early wins? And it, and if you can or get two of those early wins, and then suddenly. You know, you get into Pac-12 play against some, you know, there are some of the lesser teams there. Um, yeah, then you could have that five-win season. But I could easily, you know, suddenly you lose by 14, 15, 21 at San Diego State, the new stadium. 
Mississippi State comes in and bullies you. Uh, you get you know you you get upset by by North Dakota State even though you know again if if, if Arizona's one and one or two and zero oh, they'd probably be the favorite on DraftKings but they right. could be a they could be a dog to a one double A team as long uh, as they're not a dog to NAU when they play in two years then that's suddenly if you're zero and three then maybe you're looking at the, the yeah it, it could be bleak um, but gotta get one of those games is what Williams saying one of those out of I conference think you gotta games. get two I think you gotta get okay. I, I would think two to get to the five. Okay. But if yeah, if you're looking at the if you're looking right around the four, then you got to get one. All right, Brad. Before we sign off here, speaking of people who know how to win, Arizona women's basketball, Adia Barnes. Obviously, you uh, you know we all grew up watching her play here. Coming back to coach, she obviously knows what she's doing. A lot of people. I went to college with her, so I don't know about growing up, but well, she lived in my dorm for a year. Wow. All right. Well, you yeah. were an RA, right? I was her RA. Well, in the dorm at the time. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yep. Nice. Was this uh, uh oh, I'll ask, I'll ask that later. Um, but uh, a lot of people are wondering. They're like, oh, well, you know, she's losing all these players. Here's what I think. Here's what I think happened. And again, I'm not, I'm not the women's basketball expert that some others are. But here's what I think happened. Arizona won. Arizona won a or got to the national title game, spearheaded obviously by Ari McDonald. You know, there's there's no doubt about that. With some other good players around. This past year, Ari's gone, and there's still some good players there, but I think there was also a little bit of part in the pun, a little bit of dead weight there. Uh, Dia Barnes bringing in a top five class, multiple McDonald's All-Americans. I look at this as a lot of these kids are probably just not going to be playing this year. I mean, I look at it and, you know, these weren't outside of Ben Duyaney, These weren't a lot of players that were playing there, Brad. So I think people need, I think people need to chill a little bit on it. I'm not too worried about it. What do you say? No. And you, know, you look at it and uh, what's it? Is it, I think Copeland's leaving. She came in. She never looked like she was quite um, in the playing shape that Adia Barnes, because her, well, her style is certainly not Tommy Lloyd up tempo. They get up and down a little bit. Right. Um, you know, Yaney was really nice, but she's kind of a duplicate of Pellington and maybe less talented. Right. Um, you know, Coy Love never matched her numbers from, from things. Uh, Von Lay just never lived up to the hype. And while you could maybe put some of that on Adia, and I, I don't want to be, you know, Adia apologist. I mean, you know, certain coaches can blend these weird talents. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people are losing their minds over Taylor Chavez. She, ha- They're like, oh, she's a sharpshooter. And, I, and I, get, I get in trouble on Facebook. Like, she's a sharpshooter. No, she had one really good shooting year right. playing next to uh, UNESCO in, in Oregon. Right. She's a career 30 something percent shooter. That's not a sharpshooter. Sharpshooter right. is Salim. Right. Um, and she's just <laughs> retiring from basketball, but you know, you look at a couple of the other international, one of them played two games, right? So, and, do and you again, want if, to lose seven or whatever it is? I think it, I think it's 10 actually. I think it's not. Yeah. I think nine or 10. Yeah. But they have 50 scholarships, but yeah, you're bringing in, you're going to bring in some transfers. I think maybe uh, you hope now you can mesh the transfers a little bit better. I think, you know, she's been very good at bringing transfers in in the past. You know, Ari was a transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pellington's a transfer. Pellington's transfer from Oklahoma, right, exactly. But some of these others didn't mesh as well, and, and that's, you know, that's what happens with the transfer market. All right. He's William Brad Alice. You can follow him on Twitter, WSR Brad. Brad, when is your podcast? You haven't had a podcast out recently. When are you going to be having no, one? No, you know, unfortunately, I dealt with the, uh, the 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 passing of a dog. I had the kids in the house. So I'm hoping to bring it back next week and kind of be consistent through the summer. Um, but, yeah, life just kind of 
kind of kicked me in the butt. So, um, right. but yeah, we I think we're back. All right. All right, Brad, as always, uh, Brad's going to be a weekly guest on here. Love having Brad on. Love bothering Brad, picking his brain. But Brad, again, really appreciate. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. Sorry about that. All right, Brad, really, really appreciate you, my man. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you soon. For Brad Alice, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.